Good morning, Boker Tov. Buenos dias. Sabah lecher. This is Shanna Folds here with the Israel Daily News Podcast. I'm here to give you the headlines so you can get caught up quickly. You're listening, so you're already on top of your game. Survive and thrive, people. Knowledge is the best weapon. Today is Wednesday, July 14th, 20. 21 in the Gregorian calendar and the 5th of Av 5781 in the Hebrew calendar. Now, let's get to the news. The big story of the day is the United Arab Emirates opening their first ever embassy in Tel Aviv. And guess who was there to cover it? Yours truly. I got up early to be at the Tel Aviv Stock Exchange, which is where the embassy is opening. I met other members of the press that I hadn't seen since before COVID-19 and had face-to-face interactions with public relations people that I have been corresponding with via email for almost two years now but never saw in person. Politicians and press gathered outside on the sidewalk before newly sworn-in President Isaac Herzog pulled up outside the exchange in a sleek black car with plenty of security detail. But that did not stop me from getting a great photo of him. Cameras flashed in his direction. Mohammed Al-Kaja, the UAE's ambassador to Israel, of course, was there as well, looking absolutely dashing, by the way. His hair was slicked back with a fitted suit. After he raised the UAE flag outside of the building, he led the way inside to the lobby where he offered the first speech of the day. Herzog stood by as the flag went up and he also spoke when he came indoors after the new ambassador. Ambassador Al-Kaja greeted the crowd in Hebrew first, then in Arabic with a warm shalom followed by salam alaikum. He spoke about opening the embassy in the place of innovation, commenting that those who innovate will succeed. Herzog says nothing could be more natural or normal than to see the UAE flag waving. He noted that he hopes that this historic agreement of peace between Israel and the UAE will be extended and that those countries who want peace will find a willing partner with Israel. Herzog concluded by asking that the Emiratis send his best regards to the UAE's top government officials. To close the day, the CEO of the Tel Aviv Stock Exchange appeared to say that Israel would do whatever it can to keep the peace and that the Israeli government would stand to learn from the UAE in terms of planning for the future in order to achieve bigger goals in the years ahead. Before the ceremony was over, politicians and guests went upstairs to the office to cut a ribbon and then came back down to ring in the Tel Aviv Stock Exchange trading bell at 10 a.m. We caught up with Itai Benzaev to ask him about the embassy's new location. Why the Tel Aviv Stock Exchange? Well, I believe that the Tel Aviv Stock Exchange represents the business sector in Israel. And when you talk about peace, It's also about doing business between communities, between people, between companies. And I think that uh, with the exchange as the home of the Israeli economy is a great venue for uh, making those introductions and making transactions come true. Can you tell me a little bit about the process of getting this location set up? 
Who suggested it? How did it come to be that the UAE was going to open their office here? Well, we had uh, one floor that was available uh, for rent and they approached us. Uh, we had several discussions. We were extremely thrilled from the uh, opportunity to host uh, the uh, official embassy at our premises. We also uh, uh, learned to know about the people and their culture and we felt that this piece can be extremely significant and eventually we sign an agreement and today it's the official opening and we're very happy about it. So when I heard that the UAE was opening the consulate in Tel Aviv, I immediately thought that it was a more neutral location than Jerusalem because I know the UAE is focused on being friends of the Palestinians and also being friends of the Israelis. Do you think that was a, can you speak to that? Was that a part of the decision? Well, I'm not part of the decision-making process uh, in the United Arab Emirates, but I can tell you that peace is done through economies and economy. And I think that uh, choosing the Tel Aviv Stock Exchange is the best location. And the way I see it is the best signature that they represent to our market with regards to their intention uh, to fulfill the Abraham Accords. Last month, Israel opened its embassy in the United Arab Emirates. The UAE was the first country to join in the Abraham Accords 10 months ago, which led the way for the Kingdom of Bahrain, Morocco, and Sudan to join in the peace agreements as well. After having greatly improved relations between Israel and the United Arab Emirates, Foreign Minister Yair Lapid is seeking to do the same with Morocco. Ties between the two nations were suspended with the outbreak of the Second Intifada back in 2000. However, relations are improving, and last week Lapid invited his Moroccan counterpart to visit Israel. In his official written invitation delivered by Foreign Ministry Director General Alon Ushpiz, Lapid stressed his desire for bilateral cooperation in the fields of trade, technology, and tourism. Direct flights between Israel and Morocco are expected to begin in just a few weeks' time. With 4,831 active COVID cases and health officials warning that this number will only continue to increase, new restrictions are set to be put in place. However, ministers have stated that these restrictions will be livable, but will require the public to comply with quarantines, testing, and mask wearing. In fact, the quarantine period for those that are unvaccinated or have not recovered from the virus will be shortened to just seven days instead of 10 to 14. They'll still be required to have a negative COVID test on the seventh day. Foreign Minister Yair Lapid may be one of the first to test out this shorter quarantine period after one of his aides tested positive for the virus. Lapid, who actually tested negative and his team, entered quarantine and are awaiting further instructions from the health ministry. Reintroducing a modified version of the Green Pass system is another measure that is being discussed. The system will seek to keep unvaccinated and unrecovered individuals out of large gatherings like weddings, gyms, and houses of worship. The health ministry is also looking at ways to prevent the spread of the virus in schools when the new year begins after summer break. As children under the age of 12 are not approved for the vaccination, a rapid test system is being considered as a means to prevent learning disruptions caused by the need for quarantine. The tourism minister also wants to introduce new policies for those that are vaccinated when entering Israel. So if you're trying to enter Israel, listen up. 
his plan, which he is going to propose to the coronavirus cabinet next week, is that those who have received vaccinations that are known to Israel, like Pfizer or Moderna, will only need a negative PCR test to enter the country. Travelers with any other vaccine types will need a blood test to show off their antibodies. Last night, I went to an excellent, incredible art exhibit by a local Parisian expat named Jennifer Amuyal. If you check out my Instagram, you'll find pictures and videos of her work from the exhibit, which took place in a very trendy bar in South Tel Aviv. Tomorrow, we're going to have a more robust story with sound bites and explanations of the art and the pieces. There is an Asian influence. There's bright colors. It was just unbelievable, and I believe in this work very much. So keep an ear out for that story soon. If you are getting caught up on your Israel Daily News, send over a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash Israel Daily News slash support. We are in our third round of fundraising, and trust me, we need it. We are updating our editing software. We are going to get a better editing software that we can pay for one time. I am a little sick of Adobe. I've been paying for it monthly and yearly and for a long time. Subscribers who send us a contribution will get a handwritten thank you note and a little poem that I actually come up with myself and write in just to let you know how thrilled we are to have your support. Thank you for your interest in being up to date on Israeli affairs, Israeli politics, or world politics. We have one central link in the show notes which you can click on and it'll take you to the page where you too can make a contribution and feel good knowing that you're supporting independent journalism. You can also support us by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Two, you can share the show with a friend. And three, you can follow us on social media at israeldaily.news as well as Shanafold. My name has two N's in it and I'm very sensitive about that. On Monday, the Israeli Air Force launched a groundbreaking international drone exercise featuring pilots from five other countries. The exercise, called Blue Guardian, is scheduled to last two weeks and is the largest drone-focused drill ever. The IDF is hopeful that the drill will reap strategic rewards as the opportunity to collaborate with teams from the United States, France, Italy, Germany, and the United Kingdom is also a chance to strengthen relationships. The teams will simulate various scenarios ranging from reconnaissance missions to combat to combat support at the Palmachim Air Base in central Israel. If the exercise is successful, the Israeli Air Force could earn some major street cred on the international level. Israel is the land that keeps on giving, most notably in the field of archaeology. A pottery fragment dated to be about 3,100 years old coming from an earthenware jug, was recently found at a dig in the Shaharia forest in Judea, about 70 miles southwest of Jerusalem. The fragment contains the Hebrew letters Yud, Resh, Bet, Ayin, and Lamed, which forms the name Yerubaal, which was the nickname of the biblical judge Gideon, son of Yoash, who was active in the northern land of Israel at this exact time period. Now, to put this into perspective, at this time, about 1100 BCE, this was the days of the judges and of King David. Whether or not the jug actually belonged to the judge that we're talking about or not, 
remains to be seen, but it is the first solid piece of evidence linking a named physical object to accounts from the Bible. Professor Yosef Garfinkel and his team from Hebrew University's Institute of Archaeology say that the greatest significance of this find is that it tells us about the evolution of the alphabet in ancient Israel, Egypt, and the rest of the Levant. The archaeological site is very much active and promises to yield many more exciting finds in the future. All right, well, that's it for today's news. Today is Wednesday, July 14th, 2021. Tel Aviv has a low of 24 degrees Celsius and a high of 30 degrees. That's 76 degrees Fahrenheit for the low, going up to 86 degrees for the high. Subscribe to the Israel Daily News Podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're hearing it from. We are everywhere. Don't forget to sign up to our Israel Weekly News Wrap. It's a newsletter with the top five stories coming out of Israel from throughout the week. Our website is back up. And you can automatically sign up for the newsletter there. Just input your email, press enter, and you'll be on our mailing list. Check out israeldaily.news. That's our website, israeldaily.news. Thank you to Sophia J. and Brandon Karp for today's political stories. Dr. Steve Shallot for his archaeological piece. And Farah Folds, who's with our team as a business development intern for the summer, plus Michelle Milner for her social media work. I'll send you off today with What They Mean by Erica Kroll. She's a talented Israeli DJ, and this is one of her latest hits. I'm playing all of her new hits this week. Have a great and productive day.